This is the Going the Distance Podcast. Dude, I'm telling you, when I'm driving a fucking Porsche and living on a yacht, you're gonna be like, oh, I wish I got him in the top guy. You had two picks on two defensive possessions in a row, and you don't win the field position battle? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is a fun show. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. Alrighty, let's get into it now. Alrighty. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Going the Distance podcast. My name is Ryan Bennell, and alongside me is Elijah Spans. Make sure you guys check out our brand new website over at www.gtdsports.com. It feels like at this point I'm saying brand new every time, but we've been around for a couple months now, so you can also find us on nearly every social media. We are at GTD underscore sports on Twitter and TikTok. You can follow along with our podcast episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And last but not least, make sure you guys follow and subscribe to our GTD Sports newsletter where you can get email notifications on all new episodes and things like that. we got a great episode planned for you guys today. Feels good to be back on the Twitch format. We love doing these live episodes. I think they've gone very well for, so far for us. It's a new fun format to do. And personally, this is how I prefer to watch podcasts anyway. So... This is how I prefer to do them now that I'm making them. We're going to talk about, first up, we have a March Madness recap. It's been a crazy tournament, one to remember for sure. And also, we're going to be joined by a very special guest, uh, Michael Burton, who happened to win our GTD Sports Bracket Challenge after me and Elijah failed ever so miserably, mostly me. Yeah. That was terrible. I don't even want to talk about it. You were, you were last, weren't you? Yeah, I was last, but well, let's yeah. we'll talk well, about I mean, that later. I was towards the bottom yeah. anyway. I I had tried to go all straight hot takes with all my picks, so I don't. Yeah, I'm not really be, like mad. Bold. Yeah, but looking back on hindsight to a couple of those, I'm like, oh, that was that was really dumb. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, well, I mean, I chose Bam as my champion, but I, we'll we'll show you guys in a yeah. sec. We're gonna try out a brand new segment. Uh, it's called Love It or Loathe It. We're going to be firing off some rapid-fire topics in the sports world, and we're going to kind of, if we love it, we'll talk about it. If we loathe it, we're just going to move on, express why it sucks, and that kind of stuff. And then last but not least, we're going to get into the Masters Tournament, which starts, if you're watching it live, it starts tomorrow. But if you're listening on Spotify, it's probably going on as this is coming out. So tomorrow morning, we have a Masters Tournament. It's going to be special. Finally back on the normal schedule after a weird one in November last year. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm finally getting into golf. I know Elijah's been getting me more into golf. But, yeah, when we come back, we're going to take a little 10-second, little flippy intro break, and we're going to have our guest, Michael, on here to talk about some March Madness and take us through his bracket. All right, welcome back, everybody, and hello, Michael. How are you doing, my friend? I am good. How are you guys? Pretty good, pretty good. So I saw good, you uh, You destroyed us and everybody else in our bracket challenge. Well, <laughs> Not much I think, else to say. Yeah, I think the, the real uh, gap widening happened when Baylor won it, but for the most part, it was pretty close up to that point. That is true, yeah, especially in these bracket challenges. If you pick the champion you're basically going to win it and if you don't you're not and as you can right. see you and colin were the only people to pick the champion correctly and as you could also see elijah and i did not do too hot 
I went with the hot take of taking Alabama. Elijah went with the safer route of taking Illinois. But uh, why'd you go with Baylor exactly? I had been watching them on and off. So uh, for for those of you who don't know, I go to Ohio State, um, which sucks. We had a bad tournament run. But I did watch my fair share of Big 12 basketball as well. And um, Baylor was far and away the best team, in my opinion, in the Big 12. They were, like, so fast, and they had such good guards. And they had a guy named D. Mitchell, number 45, and it reminded me of Donovan Mitchell. So Yeah, he's like a photocopy of him. Yeah, so that was another reason to uh, like Baylor. And it's hard to go undefeated. So that was kind of my reasoning behind it. I figured Gonzaga would make it far, but I figured somebody would find a way to beat him. It seems like Gonzaga does this every year, though, where, like, they always have such a good team, and then in tournament time they can never really get it together. I mean, it's not like they didn't have it together. They were playing well up until that point. But I I just – Baylor just shut them down. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the things that you're, like, hearing on – like ESPN and other things like that even were like nobody was beating Baylor on Monday night. And I kind of agree. I watched like the, the back half of the game and it, it just looked like in all facets of the game, Baylor was like better guard play, rebounding, everything. They shut down um, Timmy for the most part. So, yeah. Timmy got going there after like the first – 10 minutes, I'd say. But, yeah, they, they did shut him down at first, which, I mean, definitely put him in some kind of mental slump because after the first half, they just seemed defeated the rest of the game. Like, they weren't even really going yeah. after it. Yeah, I watched, like, uh, I think I missed, like, the first five minutes of the game or something like that, and it was already 4-16. to 16. I was like, whoa, holy shit. Yeah. Like, Jeez. okay. And then, and then, like, Gonzaga had that little run at the end of the first half, and I was like, okay, maybe this could be a game, but it was – it was just too late. Baylor was just too good, too big, too strong, too fast. They they really were. What it seemed like to me is that they were just bigger, stronger, and faster, and just more athletic. Honestly, yeah, for sure. And Michael, it's like you even... pointed out, you said you said Baylor was like far and away the best team in the Big Twelve, which I hundred percent agree with. I've I watched a lot of Big Twelve basketball this year too. Consider like I go to TCU. You know, we had to play Baylor twice this year, which was not fun, but. I told myself going into this tournament, like I knew that Gonzaga and Baylor were by far the two best teams in basketball. Like the regular season, they dominated. It wasn't even close. But for some reason, I just couldn't find myself to pick them in the tournament. I like, I, I don't know what it was, but I had neither one in my championship game. I had, what was it? No, I did have Gonzaga. I had Alabama beating Gonzaga in the championship. And I do think it's yeah. funny, though, that after all this like madness, that this March past March Madness was like with Oral Rock 15 seed going to the Sweet 16, you know, an 11 seed making it to the Final Four and almost beating a one seed is it's the two best teams in college basketball going at it. The two one seeds that everybody, you know, pretty much picked because it was like what 16% of all brackets had this matchup. I think so. It was something crazy like that. Like, yeah. Yeah. There was like such so a small percentage that had the early round picks and then. In the end, everybody did end up with Baylor and the Zags in the finals. Yeah. So after all that yeah, strain, it's just what everybody thought was going to happen at the end of the day. Yeah. There was one of my friends was telling me his best bracket that he he made was the one where he just put the higher seed for every single game, and it ended up winning. 
That's probably yeah. I right. want to. I pulled up the bracket now because I want to look. Uh, I was going to take a look at your first round picks to see what you were thinking there, but now I really want to ask you about the Ohio State game. You know, because you have some personal experience as a Buckeye over there in Columbus. Mm-hmm. So what before the game was going on? Was there any nerves going into the matchup? Like, did anybody actually think Oral Roberts was a legitimate threat? On campus, no, not at all. Because we had just, you know, had a decent Big Ten tournament, lost to what everybody else thought was the the hottest team in the country in Illinois in the final. And, yeah, people had no reason to believe that we were going to be tested against this Oral Roberts team. And then, the game started off, Oral Roberts was hot. Uh, then I learned that they had the highest score in D1 this year. That um, Max Admus. Yeah, Admus. And um, it, was just, it was just bad. And then once things got close in the second half, we, against good teams all year, just like could not get a good shot. So then it was just like Dwayne Washington, take the ball, try to make something happen. And it never could. Um, it was hard to watch, but like, yeah, I kind of lost hope with about five or ten minutes left in the game, and then they let me back in by going to overtime. But just never had it. Yeah, Couldn't get a good shot down the stretch. Well, yeah, Let's you can tell wrong. They they didn't lose that game. They choked that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was telling Elijah on a on one of our last episodes how like. I don't like it whenever, you know, all these comments and stuff come out like, fuck you to this player for choking and stuff like that. But my God, did Dwayne Washington choke that game? Like, what was it? He had like four missed free throws in the last like two minutes and two missed open shots. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. You you can't really complain about like the last second three that he missed because, I mean, come on, like that's tough for anybody. But it was just everything leading up to it and that like, damn. Yeah. And you hate to. You hate to hate a guy like that in a time like that because he was so good all year for the most part. But, yeah, especially in the tournament, I Big mean, Ten tournament. Yeah, when like he's supposed to be the guy and he's not, it's tough. But, I mean, that's the tournament. And I only had him in the Sweet 16 because I kind of saw it coming uh, when, we, when we were like hot during the year and we like had that stretch where we lost to Michigan, lost to Michigan State. It was like, oh, no, here we go again. Chris Holtman in March, not getting it done. And then, sure enough, you saw what happened. Yeah. Well, I bet it made – like, I'm sure you felt a little bit better, though, seeing Oral Roberts move on to the Sweet 16. Because at least it wasn't just, like, a total flop of a team that went. Because that guy, Admus, I don't know where he came from, like, where he was during the regular season in, like, the headlines and stuff like that. I'd never heard of him. And then he just came out and balled his heart out. Yeah, just probably got lost at Oral Roberts would be my guess. Yeah. Well, it <laughs> seems I, like that's like the the recipe for these teams, though, is like it really just takes one guy to have like 40 points. Like what was it, Loyola against um Illinois? That big, burly, corn-fed white dude. What's mm, his name? Crutwig. Ah, Crutwig, yes, dude. Yeah. He, just, he shit on him. He had like 30 points. <laughs> and it's like he's going against like NBA scouts like Cockburn. Well, that's his name, right? Yeah, uh, that's such an un- unfortunate last name. But. Yeah, it seems like it seems like they'll they'll find like one of these guys that are just diamonds in the rough, and they'll ride with them, and they'll also just 
kind of pair that with a really good strategy and game plan and like the right fundamentals because it's all those guys that just have smart games and they just kind of use both and don't let them get too carried away and like play hero ball per se and kind of that's that's how these smaller schools kind of thrive in the tournament which is awesome to see and one thing that kind of made me think that how small schools kind of beat up on bigger schools sometimes in the tournament is that they play a different brand of basketball you know so completely they have nothing to lose you know that too but like just that the way they play the game is just a little bit different and it catches them off guard you know yeah yeah another game i wanted to look at though which was this happened this last week after our last episode was gonzaga ucla i mean we kind of skipped over the final four matchups and got straight into the championship but first off goddamn houston didn't even stand a chance against baylor like i knew baylor was going to win but I was not expecting anything remotely similar to that. And the Gonzaga-UCLA game was arguably the best college basketball game we've seen all year. Did you guys watch that one live? Yeah. Yeah, that one was... Who's the, who's the guy with the with the J. Cole-looking dreads on uh, UCLA? Tiger, I know you're talking Tiger about. Campbell? Tiger Campbell? Yeah, Campbell. Tiger Campbell. Tiger. That, kid can, that kid can ball. Dude, but I mean, Juzang is their stud, though. Yeah, but I mean, he was showing up. I mean, him, they both were showing out. I yeah, mean, they're definitely their two best players. That really sucked, though, that they ended up drawing a charge to send it to OT because, like, at that point, it was their game to lose. But yeah, I well, once it went to OT, I kind of knew that Gonzaga would pull it out. Like, I don't know what it was. I didn't think they would pull it out on some crazy half court prayer, but I thought they would win. Yeah. I didn't watch any of that game. I unfortunately got my COVID vaccine the day, the earlier that day and had some side effects. So I was oh. like down for the count at night. I just had like a fever and all that, but which one did you get? Hey, you know what? Got you got vaccinated the, uh, though. So that's important. That's right. I got the uh, Johnson and Johnson. So it was yeah. just like the, the one and done. Yeah. That's what my yeah, roommate nice. just got yesterday. And he said he had a fever like, today at work yeah you need to go home yeah so i've heard it's kind of rough but i'm yeah. team pfizer out here it's all know good what's though up. but i yeah, was, but I was, I was watching it wait go ahead mike I, I was just gonna say i was so mad because everyone was saying like oh game of the tournament game of the year and i didn't even get to watch a second of it oh that is did you at least get to watch like the highlights after i assume oh yeah for sure for yeah sure. i was I was actually out on uh, a dinner date with my girlfriend and oh my we were God. at this restaurant downtown Fort Worth. <laughs> and I'm like, I was like, Oh my God, like I forgot to check. And so I'm like, babe, I got to check the score. And so I see it's like a two point game with 50 seconds left. I'm like, I'm sorry, but I gotta, I gotta pull this up. And so I put it yeah. on and like, I set it up against a glass of water and, and I'm just watching it. And I'm like, babe, like, look like this shit's crazy. And then, you know, we had to leave, but there was overtime. And so I'm like, I can't just drive home during overtime. So I was just sitting there in my car, like watching it, like just obsessively. And it was amazing. It was one of the best shots I've ever seen. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, I you can I, let her, you can let her drive your car. No, I was just parked alone, like watching. So you have money on it too? Or? No, I didn't. Elijah, is that your mic? Yeah, is it is it delayed? 
No, I think it just is super scratchy. Is that happening for you, Mike, or no? Yeah, it's a little staticky. Uh, this computer, this laptop's driving me crazy. It'd be like that. But, yeah. What were you going to say, Mike? I was going to say for that game, like, I was completely under the impression that, like, UCLA's luck had run out. Gonzaga's going to cover at what I think it was like 14 and a half. Yeah, and, it was minus 14 at most books. Yeah, and sure enough, Mick Cronin just like shoved it up everyone's hoop. And like he just shows like, I don't know, he, he seems like a very fundamental basketball coach. And the well, team had kind of bought into him and it was cool to see. It, yeah, it was definitely cool to see. Like, I was there. I wasn't really necessarily rooting for UCLA because it's UCLA, but I was definitely rooting for them because they're an 11 seed, and it was cool to see an 11 seed in the Final Four. But I remember my one of my bold predictions before the tournament even started, I feel like such an idiot with some of these. It's just, like, I had Michigan State go into the Sweet 16 because, I mean, they were hot. They were playing good. They had beat, like, four of the top ten teams in the country, and then – they couldn't even beat UCLA. And UCLA lost like their last four games before the tournament even started. Yeah. So the, they just came out of nowhere and got hot. Yeah. It, Elijah, is your mic of... fixed? Yeah, how do I sound now? Yeah, you're good. All right, Mike, go okay. ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say that's even more to Elijah's point, like in terms of these lower seeds, just like playing a different way in the tournament and relying on like, things like good defense and good rebounding and things like that in order to get by in advance. And I think UCLA was another personification of that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I remember back, you said that um, you mentioned Davion Mitchell, the guy who looks exactly like uh, Donovan Mitchell. There was a few tweets I saw Donovan Mitchell even responded to it and was like, Hey, who let me play in college or something like that. Yeah. But him, Mitchell, Jared Butler, I'm sure you know Jared Butler. That guy, he's mm-hmm. just a walking bucket. And then Massey Oteague, they're probably one of the best trios in college basketball I've seen maybe in my lifetime that I can remember at least. Like, they all average double-digit points. Like, they are just the most efficient players in the Big 12, and they're all on one team. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, I would agree. It's just one of those teams. I, like, Baylor and this coach, too, I was talking – I forgot who I was talking to about it, but – they were telling me that this coach, when he first got hired by Baylor, came in as like somebody with like the, the program was kind of in the gutter. There was some some bad shit happening around it. And then he came in and was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm here to win some national championships. And then decade and a half later, here he is winning a national championship. Shit. Yeah, he's definitely turned on. he's definitely turned Baylor around because they're like they're a basketball school now at this point. You know, and they they've and it's not like this was their only good year. Like they've been good for like what the past five, 10 years now. Yeah. At least the past five. Yeah. At least the past five, they've been pretty much a powerhouse and they finally got their championship to prove that. So, and as much as I hate it though, cause I'm a TCU student and you know, yeah. Fuck fuck, Baylor. Fuck Baylor. Yeah. Um, Everything that that university represents. Yeah, but the one thing, the argument that I do have about it is that, like, uh, who cares about college basketball, really, when it comes down Whoa, to Whoa, wow, okay. Yeah, I no, do. no, no. Well, like, March Madness, yeah. America cares about March Madness. You're, like, the only person that I know that consistently watches college basketball over other sports. Okay, but it's amazing. It's, like, sec- it's, it's like, second tier. 
Okay, but if there's nothing <laughs> on, what are you going to watch? You're going to watch college basketball. Mike, really how much watch. basketball did you watch this year? Because, like, it's going to – I watched – I've seen every single team on the bracket. I watched them play live. So I that's why I'm even like, sadder. I probably watched, like, 15, 20 games maybe. Yeah. I'll watch when football season's over and when Ohio State's good and then about two or three weeks before the tournament – and then the tournament. Uh, That's about it. I'll watch when stop. nothing new has been added to Netflix. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> or, maybe I should just stop, bro. Or if it's 3 p.m. and I'm bored and I want to sweat out a live bet on some like <laughs> borderline D2 team. Dude, That's one cool. of my favorite. That's like one of my favorite things to do, bro. Pull up like Cleveland State versus, I don't know, Loyola, Maryland. It is like easy That's money, electric, bro. It's electric. But- but that's with anything that you gamble on. That's yeah, why I might. like. I've even watched. So, but that's not something you should hold a candle to because I've even done that with Saudi league soccer. Okay, so like, oh my gosh, yeah, you taught me. You taught me a lesson with that one night. Seventy minutes. Yeah, Mike. We minute both. Under. Yeah, Mike. We both uh, went pretty heavily on a, a live bet on like some Saudi soccer league for an under, and then thirty seconds after we bet it, they scored the over, and <laughs> it was it was not Great. a good night. Great. Yeah. yeah, but the other but, times is Israeli leagues hit Jordan hit, Jordan leagues a winner. Um, the uh, I don't know the Middle Eastern countries are where the real money is to be made. Is my point? Degeneracy at its finest. But Mike, before yeah. you go, I just wanted to see if there was any other first round upsets that you were keen on picking. Oh, I loved OU just like you did, and of course my uh, my dad an OU alum. Got me on that one too. We got to clarify OU though. For most people, Ohio listening, it's, I'm sorry. Yeah, most people think yeah. it's Ohio, or I mean, most people think OU is Oklahoma University, but technically, it's oh the God. University of Oklahoma, and Ohio is OU. So yeah, correct. I think it's um, okay. Sure. What Elijah? What? What? You can't. No, you can't say no. it. We got a native Ohioan right here. Sure. Let's go. Yeah, with that. sure. The others. Well, yeah, I, I had I had them yeah. in the Sweet Sixteen too. Yeah, they just couldn't. They couldn't hit water. If yeah, they fell out of a boat against Creighton, it was Creighton, terrible. Yeah, that was rough. But fourteen point uh, loss. Other than that, I don't know. I think I picked Syracuse. There's something about Jim Beheim in the tournament that gets me going. People hate the two three. I think people just hate the two three. And they had Buddy Bayheim, so that always helps. What's their offense wow. called again? Like the zone or some shit? That's their defense, the two-three zone. Oh, their defense, the zone. Yeah, okay. yeah. Elijah, did you say the offense is a zone, dude? I don't watch. I don't watch. He doesn't watch college basketball. basketball. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we get over this. Yeah, I like Bayheim too. I mean, he it was a fun team to watch. I was that was one of the hardest matchups to pick for me with San Diego State and Syracuse. But, damn, you did pretty good on this section. Yeah, there were – I mean, just like any other bracket, probably half of it's wrong, but I picked well, the champion, yeah. so I guess that helped out. UConn, like interesting. 98%. Yeah, yeah, this one I did not see that you had UConn all the way to the Elite Eight. Yeah, I had to pick one, you know, that was kind of like that. It could go a little far. And, and unexpected. Yeah, I think – 
I I bought too I bought in too much on UConn. Like you know how people were liking Georgetown because like they won the the Big East. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of out on them, but I guess I jumped on the UConn bandwagon, and that didn't work out either. So. Yeah, I, I also went with Georgetown in round one, too, because, you know, I mean, everybody was saying, like, they were hot. They won the tournament. Like, I mean, they came mm-hmm. out of nowhere, too, with that win. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm trying to see. But other than that, yeah, I mean, I, there's no way in hell I was picking UCLA. I Yeah, I don't, I don't think any – like, I don't know anybody that actually picked UCLA to go – far at all maybe to beat BYU because I mean BYU let's be honest they weren't very good for six seed true would they have played Texas in the second round too UCLA they would have yeah if Christian didn't pull off the upset yeah I hated Texas I hated him I don't know why I picked him yeah I hated him too I had him going to the same place as you but shock is smart just 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 penetrated me (laughs) yeah i know they were in my final four i even had like a dumb joke that i said i was just uh, so stupid but shaka who yeah i don't care anymore <laughs> um now he's going to marquette so that's what he gets i guess which yeah. i didn't see coming because i think he probably could have gotten a job a bigger job than marquette even though marquette is a good basketball school up there in the Midwest, but yeah, and I think he's from Wisconsin, also. Yeah, I well, somebody, wrong, but I think there is some speculation that like he'd go to Wisco. Mm. That was but. just a weird move, I, I thought all around. But so, well, oh well, one, one step back is two steps forward. Yeah, exactly. But so once again, just wanted to show the final results of our bracket challenge that we hosted. As you can see, me and Elijah again did pretty poorly, mostly me, but Mike got on top with a total of 1350, which is, I mean, relative to the rest of the country, 1350 is pretty damn good, Mike. So Yeah, the only bad. the only bracket I know that was better than mine is my girlfriend, sadly. So <laughs> it was sick. no way. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. All right. Before we before we stop all this bracket talk though, I want it to be known that Brian is or Ryan was like humble bragging that he's seen every single college basketball team play and he got 20.8% correct on his bracket Dude, I got that he actually cared for. So good for you. You know what's <laughs> even more sad is I think yeah I think you guys can see it if, is if I go back to my other brackets. You see my other brackets here though. I have one with 1240 points, okay? <laughs> I hate Baylor is the name of it, but it did okay. I just didn't enter into any groups. Only my worst one. But yeah, that'll do it, though, for our March Madness talk. Michael, we appreciate you for coming on. And again, thank you for absolutely dominating us in the bracket challenge. It was fun to have something like that, and that was our first time doing it. So we appreciate you and everybody else that took part in that. So yeah, thank you again for coming on, and maybe we will see you on another podcast down the road. Yeah, looking forward to uh, defending my title next year, and appreciate you having me on. (laughs) yeah the title all right we'll see about that all right i appreciate it yep see you guys all right oh i gotta move this there we go 
We are back. That was fun. It's gonna be gonna be sad without March Madness for another what is it? Another year, nearly, yeah. I guess less than a year at this point, but it felt like so long without a tournament. And that I don't know what it was, but it felt like that this March Madness went by in like a week or something. Yeah, I'm just sad that I, I didn't get to see too many games for March Madness just because every single weekend where they were having games, I just had something else going on, even for the Final Four. Like, I think the whole the only game that I got to watch all the way through, really, and I missed the first, like, five minutes, was um, the championship game. Just, I had so much going on. Every yeah, I did, too. I, I remember, like, I watched, I think, yeah, the Elite Eight where, like, Gonzaga played USC. I was watching from... Um, I mean, I know you know what Maudie is. It's a building at TCU. So I was grinding some homework until like 2 a.m. And while I was doing it, I just had both the Elite Eight games on in the TVs. So have to do what you have to do, but have to watch it somehow. So coming up next, we are going to try out a brand new segment that we want to do uh, called Love It or Loathe It. Essentially, what we're going to do is we're going to start off. Elijah is going to fire some rapid topics at me. I'm going to say if I love it, and then I'm going to talk about it, break it down a little bit. And if I loathe it, we're just going to move on, and that's that. And then about halfway through, we're going to switch over, and I'm going to fire the topics right over at Elijah. And then that'll be that. And after that, we're going to get straight into the Masters Tournament with another special guest, Will Kernikan. Did I say that right? Kernikan. Kernikan. There we go. Kernikan. Will Kernikan. All righty. So, Elijah, you want to go ahead and get started with it? All right, Chris Beard leaves Texas Tech for UT. Oh, fuck that. Loathe it. Chris Beard's uh, – there was a con- – okay, I want to say one thing about it. I loathe it, but he came out with a quote saying that it wasn't about money. It's to win basketball games. Yeah, sure. No, it's not. But anyway, moving on. Loathe it. All right, K- KD, find 50K for deeming Michael Rappaport. Okay, I absolutely love this one. Kevin Durant is one of the funniest social media characters in all of sports – you guys probably have been made aware of his burner accounts in the past. He would literally like make these secret Twitter accounts where he would defend his name to fans those, talking shit. Those cats can't play with KD. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it was so bad, but it was also so funny when all that stuff first came out. But I love this, not mostly because of KD, but mostly because I hate Michael Rappaport. If you don't know, there's a lot of stuff going on right now with Rappaport and Barstool Sports because Michael Rappaport used to work at Barstool Sports. He got fired, and when he got fired, Dave Portnoy, businessman that he is, decided to release some shirts with a clown image of Rappaport on the shirt. And now Rappaport turns around and is suing him for defamation and whatnot. And long story short, Barstool Sports won the case. Michael Rappaport didn't. And then Kevin Durant took to Instagram DMs where he then just absolutely unleashed on Michael Rappaport. I'm going to actually pull these up and see if I can read them. Yeah, that was some really good shit talk. Like, I was taking notes on that for, yeah. my, ne- for my next uh, my next search and destroy section I have going on because um, I'm a big shit talker when it comes to video games. So, um, yeah, that, I mean, if you want not only that, too, but, like, I, I I think this is really funny because Michael Rappaport is a hardcore culture vulture. He like pretty much just tries to make money off the black community be, being like, hey, I'm the cool white guy that everybody likes. And then tries but to like, not. 
yeah, he tries to like embrace black culture to make it like his own. I'm pretty sure he's like a white guy who thinks he has an inward pass but doesn't. Yeah, he's um, one of those guys for sure. He's one of those guys, and he also just looks like a booger. Um, <laughs> so like a thumb, bro. Yeah, Michael Rapaport sucks. So this is kind of really funny. It's funny too because like the reason when I the when I started to realize that I didn't like KD is when he started all that burner account is when he made that cat KD can't play with those cats thing. Trying to made all those burner accounts to defend his move from OKC to Golden State. But now the reason why people are starting to like him again is because he is because of again his his online presence and talking shit to Michael Rappaport, somebody who is I don't know why he's famous, but he is. Yeah, so. I don't I don't know how he got famous either. I just know he's been famous. Like I know he's done like acting and stuff too. So I don't. I don't he's know a comedian what that too. Is. Yeah, I, I don't know. But he was I in some DMs. movies. Yeah, so I have some DMs here, and <laughs> KD said, "Tell your baby daddy Chuck to be better at his job and frame his questions better." He gave me two options for that dumbass question: yes or no. He's like talking about Michael has been pushing him to do an interview and stuff. And he goes, I heard it all before you. I don't even know if I should say this. You see word? Chuck doesn't need you as a security. You pale, pasty, cum-guzzling bitch. I swear, I'm going to spit in your face when I see your dirty ass. Bet your life on it. Meet me on West 17th tomorrow. Or better yet, what's your address? Bro, <laughs> he was laying in. Like, this isn't even all of it. This is just more. All you do so is cock-suck other men for attention. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so the fact that this is this is grade A level talk shit, shit talk, but this is also coming from you know one of the best three basketball players in the world right now. So yeah, it, that makes it even better, dude. It's like I, that, that I would never expect everything. LeBron to do anything like this. Even if Rappaport like posted like this is the type of thing up like the harassment that I'm seeing, it was just some random dude. I'd be like, that's pretty funny. But the fact that it's KD yeah. makes it a hundred times better. Exactly, dude. So yeah, that's. I definitely love this. I love the fact that KD got fined for it and doesn't give a fuck. He ate it like it's nothing. I mean, 50000 to him is chump change. But I love right. it. I think it's super entertaining. Yeah, moving on. Warriors get blown out by the Raptors, 130-74 on Friday. I love this. I, I don't don't really want to get into it. They got blown out by nearly 60 points. Uh, this is the kind of stuff right. in the NBA I don't like to see just because – the Warriors are way better than that. There's no point in that. But anyway. All right. Bench is clear and Cardinals versus Reds brawl. I love this one. This Did you see this happen live, the brawl at all? Or on ESPN no, I, or anything? I, I missed it. I just knew that he got beaten and he was talking shit. So this was – I see, the reason I love it is because baseball's back. It's, it's fun to see a brawl. It was just cool to watch. But this was one of the softest – suspensions from the mlb in a while or i guess since the joe kelly lip face no, no, thing. yeah let's say nothing nothing will top kelly given uh yeah that was terrible you're the dude. sad face oh no yeah and it then, was awesome to see kelly do it oh of course every everybody loved it like even people that don't watch the mlb were like yeah fuck the astros but i i love this though so if you don't know nick castellanos was the player that got suspended for this he's kind of the one that started the brawl he was at bat, got hit by a pitch pretty hard. Um, he didn't charge the mound or anything. He just took his base like normal, but was visibly angry, like visibly angry at the pitcher. And then once he makes – they get a base hit, and then once he makes his round home, the pitcher's like 
running up from the mound to try and tag him because the catcher had to go back. And once he slides in the home plate, he literally like stands over the pitcher and is just talking shit and like yelling at his face. And then as he's talking shit, all the benches come out. So it wasn't anything like Rome Dodor where he just gives Joey Batista a bomb to the face. It wasn't anything exciting like that, but it was still fun to see the teams kind of come out. It was a soft suspension, a soft brawl, but it's fun because baseball's back and I'm excited. All right. PSG beats Bayern 3-2 in Champions League at the I however you say that. Allianz Arena? Sure. Yeah. All right. So today, Champions, I love this one as well. Um, this was a great game. Fun to see fans back at Champions League. Uh, Champions League soccer is one of my favorite sporting events of the year. Also, if you don't have anything to do during the day, it's the only thing that's on at 2 p.m. So it's always that's fun to watch. what makes soccer awesome is that you can watch hey. it at the like the middle of the day or the beginning of the day. You can wake up and like just turn on sports. And that's great. Yeah, you, you start your day with soccer and then you end it with yeah. every other typical American sport. Yeah, but Mbappe, Kylian Mbappe, one of the world's greatest youngsters, he put put back two goals. And this was not only did they beat Bayern, but they beat him on the road. So in Champions League, how it works is there's two legs and it's the aggregate scorer who moves on. So right now they have a 3-2 advantage with three away goals, which is huge. So this was crazy to see because Bayern is the defending champions of the Champions League. And they've been on fire. So PSG beat Barcelona already. And now it looks like they might take down Bayern. All right. We're going to switch it up now, Elijah. I'm going to fire off some topics. I want you to tell me if you love it or love it. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Sam Darnold in this blasphemous trade. I love it. Why do you call it blasphemous? <laughs> I just call it blasphemous because it came out of nowhere. I guess blasphemous isn't a isn't the right word, but... Yeah, was, like, I, don't know. I think I think it came out of nowhere. So I was pretty caught off guard by it, but I I really like this trade because for one, um, the Panthers didn't give up a, uh, a number one pick for it. Um, they gave up a second round in next year's draft was their biggest thing, and they gave up only a six for this year's. So, and a, a lot of the narrative around Sam Darnold is that he could be saved. So a lot of people in the media were saying that hey, maybe keep Sam Darnold draft a, another O-lineman or receiver to help out Sam Darnold um, and not draft Zach Wilson. So, like, hopefully Joe Brady can get his hands on him and do uh, to Sam Darnold what he did for Joe Burrow his senior year at LSU. So I, I love this trade. I think this is a great place for Sam Darnold to, to go, and I think this is a, a great uh, opportunity for the Jets' new head coaching staff to get their hands on somebody new and have a clean slate. Yeah, I, I, I agree that it's a good trade for the Panthers for sure. But the reason I said blasphemous, I think, is mostly because I just think it's crazy that Darnold went from being a top five pick to now he's worth like a second rounder well, you know, like at best. That's what Adam Gase does to you. Yeah. That's what Adam Gase yeah. does. And another thing, too, is that like, I, I don't know, man. He just... He never got it going. And another thing too is his turnovers. He's a turnover machine. He has all that he can he can yuck it. Don't get me wrong, but he just he'll, he'll he can, yeah. Throw a couple he picks. Has, he has potential, yeah, but he his decision making is just yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's also an athlete too. I mean, you he had like a what a 50-yard touchdown run against Denver. So like he has mobility. He can be a an, 
he has potential to be a good quarterback and then at the NFL level. So hopefully I think I think the Panthers is a great place for him to go. I think it's a it's a win-win for the Panthers to make this trade. Some people think that they gave up too much with three picks, but like honestly, nah. I'd give up a sixth, a fourth, and a second for Darnold. Why not? Yeah, yeah, why not? Like I feel yeah, I agree with you. I think it'll be interesting to see how he plays out in Carolina. I would be happy for Darnold if he played well. I, I don't have anything against him. I wish he would would have found more success in New York. But again, like you said, that's what Adam Gase does to you. So that's what it does. Okay. Next up, Oklahoma hires Porter Moser, the former Loyola Chicago basketball coach is their new head coach. Load it. All right. Any reason why you want to move on? Nah, just move on. All right. Arizona women's basketball head coach, Adia Barnes gives a double middle finger and says, fuck them, and she's caught on camera during a live broadcast. Uh, that's hilarious, but loathe it. Really? Okay. Yeah, well, the 50 – I'm pretty sure we have more people watching this uh, podcast than the women's college ba- basketball tournament, so loathe it. Whoa, whoa, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, my God, no hate, no hate. All right, anyway, moving on then. The MLB moves the all-star game from Atlanta over Georgia's new voting laws. Ooh, I could talk about this, but that's so political. Um, it is very political. I'll say I don't want to get into it too much, so I say I'll loathe it and just say this one thing is that I think it's dangerous that sports leagues are getting in this much involved in politics. I that don't is an interesting know. take. It's 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 I I don't disagree with it because the law is egregious, but at the same time, I don't think it's a sports league um, duty to make this decision over that. That's kind of my opinion. I could see that. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Yeah, but we, we won't get into it too much yet because you're right. It is it is a little bit political. So but political. I just thought it was shocking to see that like the MLB really – Went through yeah, I think so too. I think it's. I think that I was shocked to see that they actually went forth and did it. Because didn't the NBA do something like that with over the bathroom law in Carolina? Ah, I'm. I remember hearing about that, but I, I don't. They were like they were either either did it or they're going to do it in Charlotte. Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. Um. All right. Let's move on to the next topic. All right. Next topic I got is Tiger Woods SUV crash details were released this morning. So, again, I'm going to load this, but I, I'm just going to say the one thing because, like, the speeding thing, I just don't want to talk about it because Tiger is such a private guy. You know what I mean? And it, he was speeding, and everyone hauls ass every once in a while. And I don't really have anything to say about that. He crashed his fucking car, okay? Yeah, it was it was a true accident. Like there was no malintent, it was no the, DWIs, yeah. nothing. I will say though, it is kind of harder though now that we know he was going like eighty miles an hour. That's kind of tough. But well, like, I mean, that is don't don't what? sit here and act like you haven't gone eighty in a forty-five. Okay, in eighty to forty-five, bro. I don't know. That's that's a stretch. I've maybe I gone like it. I am from. But, I am from. A little hick town we have the back road so i've gone 80 or 90 on the back i guess 40. yeah nobody's there you know yeah, yeah I mean, it had, and nobody was, else was there so like yeah, I'm i was not, gonna say to his defense nobody was there and it was early in the morning so yeah all right 
That'll do it, though, for our Love It or Loathe It. We just tried that out for the first time. We may continue that. Um, hopefully, we can maybe get it going smoother for the future. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, well, you know, there's just so many things that happen each week. Like, we can't really talk about everything from, like, a big picture standpoint. So, like, small little specific kind of things like that, I think, would be would be good for that. So, but yeah, we are just about ready to get started talking about our Masters Tournament Preview. It's finally that time of year again, a tradition unlike any other, as Jim Nance would say. It is Masters Tournament time. And when we get back, we will be joined by our special golf guru guest. All right, hello. What? <laughs> one last, what? One last chug in. What was that? It's Masters weekend, baby. I'm pumped. I know every golf fan out there is pumped. I know Elijah's pumped. It's a big weekend, baby. What an entrance! I love it. Oh yeah. How could you be uh, excited? I even put on my black hat for Tiger. I'm wearing the red and black right here. Yeah. You gotta Just show him the respect this weekend. Yeah, that's gonna be so sad, man, to not see Tiger there. Are you kidding me? I saw what did he say? Yeah. He tweeted something about um he tweeted, I think, I'm sad that I won't be there to run up Dustin Johnson's bill at the dinner. <laughs> Dude, he's great. I love the fact too he's gotten less and less private, more of like a personal person ever since like the whole sh- uh, stuff happened with him back in the past. So seeing that come out in a little bit is way more exciting, you know? Yeah, for sure. So I mean, I guess we can just go ahead and jump right into this. Uh, I mean, Will, so, like, what are the big storylines coming into this weekend? Like, who should we look out for? Any any surprises we may see? Things like that. Well, first off, I want to start off with Dustin Johnson. Uh, he's, you know, he's the best golfer in the world right now. There's no doubt about it. He's playing out of his mind. He's unbelievable. And, uh, but I don't see him winning this tournament. Um, it's, first of all, one, it's hard to repeat a Masters win. It's, uh, you know, it's hard. It's, it's rare to see that. And Sue, he played at Augusta in November, which was a different Augusta in April. You know, it rained all weekend that weekend and it made the, it made the whole greens much softer and the fairways much softer. So, uh, you know, it's, you got to play with a different course. You know, all those guys in November were shooting aggressively going right after the hole in every shot, but they're not going to see that this weekend because it's different conditions. So I don't see, but so, when uh when they say the greens are firmer, that means that they roll faster and it's harder to get up on the green and make those putts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and 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 two, Augusta's a very uh hilly course, so the evolution the evolution changes uh, throughout like each hole and stuff like that. So you see guys going for shots towards the hole where they can't even see the green because there's a giant mound in front of it, or you know, or the greens will slope all the way down. So you just got all you can see is the little tip of the flag. So when the greens are softer, it's easier to land on and stay on the green. But, um, you know, when they run faster, you know, you, some guys will go, you know, 15 um, feet to the left or right in order to get an easier look at a putt instead of rolling off. Yeah, I was watching some of the warm-up shots uh, today. Like They had a little bit of coverage on it. Um, and I noticed some of the tee shots even were blind tee shots. Like you couldn't really see yeah. where you were aiming exactly. So, like, are other courses like that or is that really unique to Augusta? Yeah, there are a lot of courses like that. Uh, me and Jaw played on a course one time where I'm pretty cool, <laughs> but two of them were blind. And I'm not like a huge fan of it. Like if it's, I want them to be some there because it makes things interesting. But if there's if two- every holes, if every holes a dog leg left or right, a blind hole, then 
I'm so not that fun to play, especially yeah. we're, um, like we're both average golfers. Don't really give it, you know, we're just there to get drunk and have fun. So like when you can't see the hole, you get pissed off. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Elijah's been telling me about that, man. And, and like, just looking like getting hyped for masters and everything, looking into my, like some betting picks and stuff for it. It's really made me get into it. And I kind of want to go out and golf. Yeah, dude, it's fun, man. It's, 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 I think, um, it'll be really interesting to see the, the, the viewership numbers for this masters compared to previous masters. Cause I think the game of golf has grown so much over this past year yeah. because of guys like me who've gotten into it over COVID because it's one of the, been one of the only things to do. I went from having never played golf from this point last year. And I probably, you know, I've been on a course maybe 20, 30 times in the past six months or so. Um, just because people, when you try it, you'll get bit by the bug. You'll get bu- you'll get bit, get bit by the golf bug. You'll be watching YouTube videos till two a.m. every night. And I know there's at least five million other people like me right now. I mean, I don't know, five million, at least a million. Everyone you know? gets involved with it, and that's why. That's exactly why during Masters weekend, biggest weekend in golf, every single dad out there is getting drunk on Sunday, waiting to see who's going to win this tournament because everyone gets involved with it at some point in their lives, and they get super excited. And that's just how it always is. Yeah. And yeah, what I'm, makes I'm, what makes ahead, uh, what makes the Masters the best spectacle in golf, in your opinion? I think it's the uh, it's Augusta, man. Like it's the only you know they play at the same course um, every time around. It's the only mass uh, um, major to do it. Um, Augusta is one of the most you know you can't get on it. You know, like I've always, people always ask me if you could play one course in the world right now for free where would you go? And there's so many courses out there I want to play, but I'm always going to choose Augusta because it's so hard to get, like no one gets on it. They denied presidents to be allowed to play on there. So I think that's why it happens. Augusta is one of the most beautiful courses in the world. It's so hard. You know, usually, you know, there are some tournaments where, you know, the winning score is like a minus seven. I see this way going to be in the 13, 14 minus, but um, I think, the, I think it's the course they play at and the whole aesthetic towards it, the green um, color is, you know, very stimulating. And I don't know. I just, I just I can't I never met a golf fan who's never been like oh the Masters weekend is the best weekend in golf it's always the most hyped up. It is you mentioned like the aesthetic to it it is very aesthetically pleasing too like everything is perfect uh, it seems like the yep. scenery yeah. on the sides you you have the the gardening and the what are the the special flowers that they have out there yeah Naaman's Corner you know they're hitting over water on the screen they have the yep. flowers all in the background. Yeah, it's per- like I saw um, an interview clip with I think it was the manager of the clubhouse section, and he was like, "Imagine you have a job that you can prepare fifty-one weeks of the year for, and then you just have to do one week absolutely perfect." And he goes, "That's what we do at Augusta." Yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah, that that's pretty sums it up pretty well." They've been preparing for this tournament since probably since it ended in November. I mean, they're just on it, on it, on it, and they're, they're all their course is always kept up perfectly too. But they perfect it as much as they can, even a little bit better for this tournament because it's the biggest tournament of the year. Yeah, definitely. One yeah. of the uh, so one of my questions I have, like Elijah said, there's been a lot of people over quarantine that have really started getting into golf. I'm at like the starting stages. Like I could tell you, maybe two years ago, I would have no idea who Xander. Scho- how do you say his last name? Shuffle. Shuffle. You know what, Ryan? Shuffle. How about how about me and Will go take you golfing for the first time? Dude, I would love that, bro. Let's go. Yeah, we should, we should get a tea time. You can even use – I have I have pretty good clubs. You can use my clubs. I don't care. Just don't break my driver. Hey, man, um, I don't know. I'm warning you guys. I got some top golf experience. I don't know. 
Dude. You're gonna be terrible. Um, that's yeah, besides yeah. the point. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we should do it. Just pick, just pick a Saturday or Sunday. Pick a tea time. We'll go to Pecan Valley here in Fort Worth. Let's do it. Definitely, I'm down. You'll, yeah. and then you'll you will get so much more into the sport of golf because yeah, yeah that, ago, I'm thinking that too. Yeah, I couldn't have. I really, honestly could not have cared less. And now at this point, I am legitimately pretty freaking hyped for Masters Week this week. Like, I know me and Will are probably going to be glued at my house on the couch drinking beers oh, Thursday yeah. through Sunday. Oh, yeah. And you got to know, too, since if you're talking about getting into golf, a guy to watch is DeChambeau because he's really exciting to watch. Um, I personally don't like him, not as a person. Um, I don't like how he's kind of a crybaby, and I don't think he has, like, a winner's mentality. I think he has a hard worker's mentality. But the guy's complaining all the time. You know, call a rule official out, and the rule official will tell him, Oh yeah, sorry. You can't move your ball. You can't take a drop. Is how it is, and you'll just complain about it, complain about it, and try to get his way. And I just don't like it. I think he's a big crybaby. He takes a long time to golf, and in golfing, you don't want to take too long because it's just it's annoying and it upsets everyone around. Um, but I don't like him as a person. He's a nice guy. I've seen interviews about him, so he's not like a bad dude. I just don't like him as a golfer. He's, he's really smart too. That's he's one thing. I've met. That's one thing. He's super analytical. I don't know if you watch this, but I watch the Masters has a YouTube channel, like the golf course itself. And yeah. um, there's about a he had about a 30 minute press conference with at the Masters. And they were asking him a bunch of questions about like, oh, on the 16th hole or like on the 14th, the 8th and this, this and that. And he would sit there and he'd be like, well, I need to do this, this, this and that. And he was put spitting out numbers and he was really analytical about it so he's yeah. he's a really smart guy he's bringing science to the game of golf yeah really, was what he's doing right now and um another thing too that i really like what he said in that interview because they asked him they said you are transcending the game of golf right now which he is he's changing the game he's adding di adding distance and adding weight um is something that has really not been done on the level that he's been doing it and yep. so they they asked him who's the next person to, you know, transcend you. And he said, well, if we can get a generation of actual athletes, like a, a seven foot tall athlete playing golf, yeah. that'll be the next guy to transcend me. And I thought that was really cool of him to say that. Oh yeah. I mean, we'll there's no doubt. probably see that. Oh yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, eventually, man, people probably wouldn't even thought we would see DeShambo with his swing and changing the whole game with that. Um, and it's happening now. So you never know what could come. Um, but I like his confidence. So the confidence is good. Um, but I don't see him winning this tournament, no matter even if he is a long ball, which helps a lot in Augusta. But uh, his wedge play and, and putter has been terrible, um, struggling a lot lately. And uh, you need that in Augusta. You need everything. But, uh, you know, putting and, and uh, your wedge play from 100 feet out is a big, big thing in the tournament. And he just isn't on it right now. I don't see him doing anything special. So we have a comment here. It says, have you guys heard about DeChambeau using a custom five-degree driver made by Cobra? I've heard that. I don't know much about it, but I heard about that. I don't know, like, the specifics about it, like how I should feel about it, but I have heard that he customized that club. I think it has something to do with how he's transcending golf is that's kind of little things like that that he's doing, even with just changing the type of clubs that he's using, especially with the driver. Um, but he's not, not normally something you see out of a pro. Yeah, and Elijah mentioned like how he's bringing like kind of science and analytics ish to the game, and I was doing a little bit of research on Jordan Spieth uh, because there's some hype around him. He has the most bets placed on him to win the tournament right now, yeah. and I watched he was in an interview speaking about how he's been working with a golf psychologist, 
Um, and like, I don't know how common this is, but he's been doing like a lot of stuff like to control his breathing and like his emotions on the course, because I, I've also seen a lot of clips of Spieth, like after he takes a bad shot, he's like, God damn it. Or something like he just reacts just yeah. right away. He'll just know if it's a bad shot. But like, is that common really to use like golf psychologists and stuff like that? Uh, not to my knowledge. Uh, I remember when I heard about it and I thought it was really cool. Um, he's changed because he struggled for so long. He was so good. You know, he won 2015, the Masters, and he was so good. And he was on top of it, top of the world. And uh, he started struggling so bad and the swing just wasn't changing. He tried all these uh, adjustments and all this stuff. It wasn't working out. So when I heard that he went to a guru like that, I didn't know if other people did it or not. I still don't know. But I know when I heard it, I thought it was really cool that he's doing everything he can to get back. I mean, it works obviously because he's, he's playing out of his mind right now. So yeah, he got like third at Pebble Dude, Beach get, and then he, did, he won the Valero Texas open. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, did you get what the chance to watch him at all that final round? No, dude, I didn't watch the any. final round at the, I was, uh, probably about holes six through 14 and man, his putting game right now is off the charts. Like he, I think for, those eight holes that I watched him, he had one two putt. Yep, which is insane. Yeah, and I mean, did you did you see that video of him when he's he goes, "This is how you do the pros," and then he looks away and then knocks that what ten footer in. Yeah, yeah, he's calm yeah. himself so down. He's, he's playing really well off the greens right now, and um, I I I think he's a really good bet to win this tournament. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's I don't think it's a bad bet at all. I think he's playing really well. I think he's going to bring it to Augusta. He's won it there before, so he can do it again. Um, but I, he's not my pick. My pick's Justin Thomas to win it. Um, the guy I really like him. Number one, uh, he's really uh, he's a good character. He's a great he's great for the sport. And every time he's played in the Masters, every year he's played better than the previous year. And last year, well, in November, he was fourth. So I think this year he's finally going to keep it going with the improvements and win it. Also, he's very close with uh, the Tigers family, especially with his son. So I think that he's going to have that in his back of his head. And I know it's a little superstitious type stuff like that, but I feel like that's going to affect his mind a little bit and give him a little bit more of an edge. Um, and he has that natural draw in his swing that works really well at Augusta. And he's going to help him out in the long run. I think he's going to pull it off if I had to put my money down. Yeah, I, I have a few bets I'm going to place because, I mean, the odds on these are always so, like, so boosted. I mean, because Justin Thomas is plus 800 to win. So, like, the payouts are always insane, but the odds, you know, to actually pick the winner correct are hard. But yeah. I picked out three, so I'm going to make a, a few small plays on these guys. I'm I'm tailing your Justin Thomas pick at plus 800. I like that, too. Uh, I'm going with Jordan Spieth. I'm buying into the hype. You know, he's been working with a psychologist playing well at recent tournaments. And then also I'm taking Xander. I, You guys have said it. I still can't say his last name. Shoffley, I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's Shoffley. Xander Shoffley at plus 2,000 odds, mostly because I think he should be way higher than that. Plus 2,000 seems a little bit too juicy for me. So I, I like a lot of value in that. Yeah, he's, uh, uh, he's one of my deeper picks. He's one of my he got second, right, at Masters last time? Yeah, I think so. So, um, what is what's some of your favorite? Have you looked at the tee times and who's going to be playing together? No, I have not. Have you? Oh man, yeah, I've looked at some of them. Um, 
One of my favorites is that Max Homa is going to be playing with DeChambeau. Uh, so I, LA native. Yeah, so I really hope that – because Max Homa is a, is a bona fide shit talker, so I really hope that Homa gets in his head. That'd be great. See, that's and, one thing. Um, I want the golfers to be mic'd up, and like especially the ones that <laughs> – that would be hilarious if you're watching a golf, you know, the sport of golf, which is so casual and relaxed, and these guys are talking shit to each other because they mic up like Woods and Phil Mickelson when they're playing together and they're shit talking all the time. It's a lot more interesting. Yeah, yeah I would love I mean, to hear that. Yeah, it's what most people do on the golf course. I mean, it's what me and you do on the golf course. Would, so like, yeah, so like, I would, I would love to hear it from the actual pros because I know, I know, there's a little bit of this and that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And like so, everybody thinks that like the casual fans, you know, it's a quiet game and whatnot, but they've got to be saying some shit like to one another. The golf fans are rowdy. The, the, yeah. The, I, the After the swing. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Especially in that state at that uh, course in uh, Arizona where they have the, I think it's the 17th hole. It's a par three and it's just the stands are surrounding the par three. So people just buy tickets yeah. there all day long and watch everyone play that hole. And they Everyone's party playing. their ass off all day. Party their ass off all day. And they're like throwing drinks up in the air. And they're, every time someone scores a, uh, a hole in one, it looks so fun to go to. You sit there all day long and drink and watch people have this part three. Drink. And then don't they don't they boo the guys that miss the green? Yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's See, I didn't great. know that much. That's pretty funny. Yeah. No, it's it's golf is a is a really good sport to get into. It's just the only thing is to really appreciate it is that you have to play it. Yeah, because I I always thought you know like whatever like well they're just hitting golf balls, but I didn't really know how good these guys are and how much that they should be appreciated until I picked up a golf club and tried to start swinging at a ball because yep. it's and it's amazing what they do and a lot of people out there say that um, a, a PGA Tour golfer is better at his sport than any other professional than the, than are is at their sport. Yeah. If that yeah, makes I would believe sense. it, dude, because like I, I've never really had like real experience playing, but like I know how hard that shit is. Like that is really incredible how they well, get it so accurate. Like, well, even even a tour pro compared to somebody who's like a four handicap, and a four handicap is really really good. Play with a four handicap, and you're gonna think he's like one of the best guys in the world. And then these guys are shooting under twenty on some courses, which is. Like it's just like how are they even doing that? Like I, I thought that was impossible to do. Yeah, it didn't. Dustin Johnson last year shoot under twenty at at, I mean, uh, at Augusta. Many people have done it. He shot under twenty Augusta. Yeah, but that's that's when I go back to the, the course conditions that they were in. Um, uh, you know, there's no there. It was raining, softer course, easier to play. And you know, this mm-hmm. year too, there's going to be a lot of wind. Um, and that wind's going to play hard in that course. It's going to be about thirteen miles an hour, I think. And uh, that's going to be a huge factor in how the 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 and the final score of the winner is. You know, like I said, I think it's going to be around 13, 14 under. So I like Dustin Johnson too. Like you mentioned, he's definitely the best golfer in the world right now. But I'm a little bit concerned though to make any bets on him because I saw in his last three outings he got 28th, 48th, and 54th. Yeah, yeah. So that um, kind of scares me. Uh, that I wouldn't take that as a scare because you know every guy eventually has some of those tournaments where they don't play as well they're not feeling as well maybe they need a day a weekend off but um i still don't think you should bet johnson but that's only because of the fact that howard is the repeat and um the fact that yeah he's playing out of his mind but he's, he can't at augusta it's hard to do that twice 
And I just, I just find it. It's like betting um, uh, baseball team, to, an MLB team to win the World Series two years in a row. It's too hard, you know. I, I don't get yeah. that. It's not. It's not. It's not really. It's not really happened that much. So, I don't yeah, know. Fair enough. I don't. I don't blame anyone for betting him, but I definitely wouldn't do it. Well, what is um? There's another a bit of controversy too around Brooks Koepka right now because he's been like during his warmups and stuff after his swing. There's like videos of him rubbing his knee and stuff like that because he just had surgery. Yeah, and people are saying that he may even like drop out right before tea time. Yeah, Koepka. Um, I really hope he doesn't because I. I mean. I let Elijah talk about this, but I love Kepka. I'm pretty sure he does too. He's got Bicep the, Brooks. Bro, he's got the biceps. He's got Bicep the Bicep Brooks. Oh my God. He's fucking I love him. And that's another sleeper of mine. Only because I know it's a hot take and very unpopular, but the only reason why I say that is because I think he has one of the best winners mentalities in a lot of sports. Like the guy doesn't practice golf outside of majors. You know, he's like, Yeah, I played in some of these tournaments here and there. But um, in a major, people ask, like, do you practice stuff? Like, oh, no, I'm basically only golfing when I'm on TV. I don't golf. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't practice. So he goes out these mat these majors and just is one of the best players in the world. And you're like, dude, that guy is – his mind is so tough. And I, I, I don't count him out, but his knee injury was definitely going to hurt him. So it's just like a hot take that I think he might do better than, than we think. Yeah, I, I'm taking the bet on Brooks, too. I'm taking top 10 finish at plus 150. Yeah, I mean it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a hard um it's it's a people a lot of people are gonna condemn me for that but I I like it just because I love Kepka and it'd be so if you did it if you bet on it. Have you seen in him the, do the, the little Spider Man? Huh? Have you seen him do the Spider Man lunge? No, what video? Um, there was a pictures of him today when he's practicing his putting where he's like looking oh, at the green. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah he's a lot like, of guys when they they go they squat down, but he's doing he's doing the one legged one knee squat down and having the other extended like he's a catcher, but he looks like Spider Man out there. It's kind of funny. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I can't bend my knee, so I just have to find an area where I can squat and be able to lay out my leg. I'm like, that's not a good sign. But you do you, man. If you want to. <laughs> yeah, Elijah, who are you taking for your bets? Um, I really like Spieth right now. I think uh, it's so hard to predict a winner i wouldn't there's nobody yeah, that i would put impossible. money on to win even though the odds are juiced and it's it is good odds like i don't know i really like jordan speed right now his putting game is off the chain yeah. um colin morikawa is another young guy that you have to watch out for um i don't think deshambo is a threat i think that he's gonna try and um try and do what he did last year and fail again. He'll probably do better than I think he was like 34th or something like that. He's in the thirties. I think he'll do better than that, but all around, I think, I think it's either going to be either Spieth, Morikawa or DJ or somebody that we're not even talking about right now. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that comment where the guy or someone said dark horse Morikawa, that guy has him and, um, Justin Thomas had the two best short games in golf right now, so I could definitely see him oh. winning. Yeah. Justin Thomas is my favorite lot. golfer. I yeah. like Justin Thomas on my list. Yeah, Mark Hawa, though, is my favorite golfer only because my first ever golf bet, I blindly bet Mark Hawa top five finish, and I won like $100 off of it because he won that tournament. I don't know what the tournament was, but he won, uh, and so ever was... since then, I love Mark Hawa. He's legit, dude. He's legit. Which major did he win? The, the the Open, right? 
Uh, I have no idea. I couldn't. You won the open. I won one. one. You won one last year. Oh, you won the PGA Championship. I'm taking a top 10 finish for Marcotte with a plus 160. I like that a lot. That's a great bet. Yeah, I like that too. Like that too. Yeah, the last the last thing I wanted to talk about too was um, well, two things. One, I'll just squeeze this in really cool. I love Tony Fleetwood. He's at, he's looking like he's out of the game, but I'm really rooting for him, and it'd be really cool to see him, you know, play really well and fight for a finish. So I like him. Um, he's a good veteran. And then I also want to talk about Justin Rom. For all you guys that are fucking um, superstitious fans out there, he just had his kid. And Danny Willett in 2016 had his kid at the same time and won the Masters. So if you're superstitious and want to take a nice bet on him, just Rom's fucking awesome. So I've heard a lot of people are betting that because of the kid. Yeah, dude, his kid just got born. Willett did it in 2016. I feel like that'd be a fucking fun bet to win right there. Those those types of bets are always more fun too. Whenever there's like some kind of superstition behind it, like Elijah was telling me one of his buddies like bet like 200 bucks whenever this team's mascot died yeah yeah there's motivation you know yeah you feel better when you win it because you're like i knew it i knew i was right like i knew that kid was gonna do it first yeah i mean i don't i don't know much about um fuck no not fleetwood what's his what's his name um rom rom yeah but i've i've seen that people are pretty high speaking pretty highly on him he's he's i mean he's awesome he's you know top five in the game is right now so but uh, he's going to be great, and I'm rooting for him just because of that. But, uh, again, my my final word is that Justin Thomas is going to win it completely. So I want to run – before you go, I want to run by this parlay I've put together because I'm planning on probably losing my winner's bets. So to make that back, I have a top 20 finish parlay. Okay. I have Justin Justin Thomas, top 20. I mean, I feel like that's a lock. Yeah, that's a lock. Jordan, Jordan Spieth, top 20. I mean – Come on, Xander, Xander Shuffle, I'm top twenty, and then that's what? A lot too. Yeah, and then here's the one I don't know is Paul Casey top twenty. He is a um, he's a veteran in golf. He's great. Uh, I could I could see him finishing top twenty. I mean, I could I, I would if that, I think it's a good good bet, especially because he's got plus odds on it. Um, he's definitely mm-hmm. one of the best to watch um, in this tournament. Uh, he's played here a lot, so he knows how to play uh, the course really well, uh, especially during April, um, which again is huge. So I don't see that. I think it's a great parlay. I think you have a good, great chance. I mean, I think all of them are locked except for maybe Casey, and he's still going to be great. Um, and I think he's he's, gonna, he's forty-three, right? Like something like that. He's old. I mean, he even looks older too when you look at him. You're like he looks like a grandfather, which he might be. I don't know. Yeah. Well, either way, I'm excited for tomorrow to see what happens. These yeah. times starting out early. Yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna be watching it all day. Nope. Yeah, I'm it's probably gonna, gonna have to keep day. it on all day. Yeah. Will are you gonna come over? Yeah, I'm gonna come over. What are you talking about? Classes, <laughs> <laughs> <All> dude. <right. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh wait, right, right one sec before you go. Last, we have a comment. Any thoughts on U.S. Amateur winner Tyler Strafasi? Uh, I haven't done any research on him. I really I haven't looked at any of the amateurs. Uh, I was going to, but I got caught up with all the um, big names, which is bad, but whatever. Um, no, I don't have a thoughts on him. Uh, last time I paid attention to a, a couple of the amateurs was when um, Hovland did it. Um, play, didn't win it, but he played really well. Um, and I like Matthew Wolf too, but he's not an amateur either. Um, but I have no idea um, about that guy. Uh, maybe Jaw does, but I have no clue. Jaw, do you know? <laughs> I don't know anything about that. All right. 
Yeah, I don't know much about the amateurs, but I do know that there's this guy from SMU that qualified because he got second at the amateurs. So yeah. there's a few smaller names in there. But yeah, mostly the big names. I, I don't really think there's going to be a super big surprise as the winner. I think it's probably going to be one of the recognizable names like we've been talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, also knows whatever I'm happens, very I'm excited. excited. I'm very excited. Yeah, whatever happens, I'm excited. So yeah, thank you, Will, for coming on. We really appreciated having uh, some real golf knowledge because I'm uh, sure I'm not, I'm not I'm not a super golfer, but I, and you know some stuff. But thanks for having me, and I hope your bets work out too. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for um, your advice on them too. So hopefully that parlay hits, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right, we're back. <sighs> right. What a time to be alive. Masters week. Right. Like normal Masters week, though. I like that uh, we get the Masters right after we get the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that is true. So, like one, one big event right after so the we other. Get, yeah, because yeah, this, is, this is one of the premier things in sports right here is Masters. You know? Yeah. So even, we've already gone even, a little bit. Wait, what was that? Go ahead. I was just gonna say, even casual sports fans knows what the Masters is. If yeah, there's any golf tournament that they know of, it's gonna be that. So, or if they're gonna watch any golf all year, it's gonna be the Masters. But yeah, yeah, we've gone a little bit over our expected time, so we just want to squeeze in real quick a little bit of talk about baseball's opening week. Uh, MLB has been started. We talked about it a little bit with the brawl that happened between the Reds and the Cardinals. But there's been some interesting storylines so far in the first week. One of the main ones I wanted to touch on was your mean Mercedes is the first player. He's a White Sox player. He's the first player since 1900 to begin his career with eight straight hits. Like, I don't know the last time a player's had five straight hits, let alone eight. Um, yeah, damn. I didn't know that. Um, too bad he couldn't get the White Sox a couple more wins. The White Sox were... Went, I think they dropped three out of a four-game series against the Angels. So they got yeah. off to kind of a slow start. But I think – and Mercedes, too, I think the big concern about him is that he's replacing Aloy Jimenez, and, uh, who, who's a really good player. And so the fact that he's putting up that kind of production is really nice for him. So he might have saved himself a big league spot. Yeah, I mean, well, probably at this point already. But the White Sox, their roster seems to be better than their record is showing for them so far. Like, again, today, as we're recording this, they were up 4-1 to one against the Mariners and then gave up six runs in the seventh inning. And now they're down 8-4. So, Well, they have an electric lineup. I think their pitching staff is probably what's going to hold them back this year. Yeah, they got good bats, but that's about it. Yeah, speaking of good bats, though, another one I want to talk about is Shohei Otani. He, Shohei, Shohei. Yeah, Shohei, Shohei. So there's a lot of hype around him, of course, but this was my first time watching him live whenever he's, he got on the mound for the Angels. And boy, is he fun to watch. That was entertaining. I don't know if you saw that game against the White Sox, but Otani was, became the first pitcher in the American League to hit home run uh, since 1873 – or 1973, sorry. Yeah, he's a he's a generational talent at this point. I think that's the only thing that's the, that's the only thing you can call him because 
I mean, who who else can throw the ball 100 miles an hour and then hit the ball with an exit velocity of 115? That's just stupid. Yeah, that's like just, currently the record stupid. in the MLB for both. Like, yeah, yeah, that is so stupid. for for this season. Yeah, um, yeah. So so far. I hopefully he can stay healthy because that's that's been his thing is that he hasn't been able to stay healthy. If he can stay healthy and put it together, then he's MVP worthy. You know, yeah, for he, sure. He, he could win an MVP. Something that's interesting to me though is they talk about his his like longevity pitching. Like he really only is going to be in for the first four or five innings, which is weird because normally if a pitcher can only be on their A game for a short amount of time, they're a reliever. So it's weird that he's like getting starting nods, even though he's only playing well, like four innings at a time. That's just a, a testament to today's game. Today's game, if you can, if your starter can get you through six innings, then that's a really good night for your starter. Before you'd want him to get you through at seven, you know. But now, but now, and another thing too to point out is that the target number for pitches pitchers to get out for an inning was fifteen. Now that number's bumped up to twenty pitches per inning to have a good inning. Oh, okay. So if you get yeah. in under 20, 20 or under, that's a really good inning. That's like that's like top your game inning before three years ago, it was 15, but now it's 20. So that just shows how much these batters are battling off pitches, getting foul balls, making pitchers work for it. And it's also too, is that it's another Testament of how hard guys are throwing the ball. Guys are throwing the ball harder than ever because they're getting speed because they, they, they want to get speed. And that's, that's the, the human arm. That's one thing because I played baseball in high school. One of the things that our coaches told us because our shoulders would get sore is the human arm is not meant to go this motion. Which yeah, shoulder. like the pitching motion. They're, yeah, they're not supposed to go overhand. That is, your body is not designed to do that. So if you do that for a hundred times in one, you know, two hour, hour and a half span, is not good for your body. Well, these guys are not only doing that; they're doing it at, um above human levels and throwing it yeah, 100 miles strength, an hour yeah full strength so like yeah if he goes four or five innings that's a that's a dub yeah i i get that now that you broke it down like that that does make more sense but because at first it just seemed weird to me that a starter would only stay in for that little but at the same time with a guy like shohai shohei that shohei. um shohei they they want to protect him because he's been a little bit injury prone it seems like he has been yeah yeah um, um, one thing I want to talk about too with this new season is that the Astros are still not off the hook. Not at uh, all. No, they are not. Um, I think a couple fans have been noted to been bringing trash cans. Um, they, inflatable trash cans on the yeah, field. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh that that the A's played at, in Oakland. Um, what's that Carrie Underwood song? Everybody cheats or something. He's a cheater, something like that. They played oh, it before they, play they on the loudspeaker. Yeah, they played it on the loudspeaker before they announced the Astros lineup, which That's funny. is what they deserve because they kind of got off the hook with COVID for the rest of the league. I still think, you know, I'm not the biggest Astros hater. I don't know why. I just don't have it. I'm just not a hater in general, really. Um, unless you're Dan Snyder. <laughs> uh against anything just because you know i just it takes a lot to hate somebody that much or hate but anyway um they kind of they kind of got away from it last year because there was no fans but now that 
people it kind of makes me happy to see that people are still mad and they're still letting him hear it because they deserve they deserve they really to hear do it. they yeah. do deserve it yeah and like opening day i think it was abru got hit with a pitch and the whole stadium stood up cheered clapped everything oh altuve was, yeah altuve you're thinking of a brave place for the Sox. no i said abru abru how do you say his name abreu abreu yeah yeah, you gotta get right, better at names, some... Ryan. Dude, oh my, yeah, you know. I swear to God, at least every other podcast, I'm, I'm correcting. Well, you okay, I, I'm gonna defend myself on the Xander Scofel. What the fuck is Scofel? Okay, well, Schofle? that you get a pass. It's, I think it's Chiflet, but um, a lot of the baseball names you call Tatis Tatis. Tatis. Okay, yeah, fair enough. I gotta get the accents shitting down. Shohei Shohai. Um, hey, at least we're correcting it. Shit. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta make sure. It's well, it's important. It's important to get the names right. I think. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I thought I would have gotten Sho- Shohei. I mean, see, it's like literally, I know the correct pronunciation, Shohei, but then my brain just, whenever I'm starting to talk, I just go Shohei. I don't know why. Well, there you go. Well, it's because you read it and you don't, uh, you don't, you don't watch it. It's kind of it comes, it comes from reading and not listening. So that's part of it. Yeah, I'm starting to watch though. This is definitely the most baseball watch, I've watched. Most baseball yeah. I've watched, and it's it's fun. My favorite thing about baseball is that you get to watch it every day, and you get to follow your team. And that's kind of why I love college basketball. Is it's every day, but keep going. So that's that's the beauty of baseball. You really get to know your guys, especially if you have a good team. It's fun to be a part of. I think part of the reason why I don't hate the Astros as much as I do is one of my best friends from my freshman year of college was a was a big Astros fans and the year that they won it quotation marks. Um, he watched more than a hundred games that then play that season. And then the next season after they won it and like, he literally like he got, and I w- was with him when they won it and he like got teared up and I saw how much it meant to him. And then when the next season started on opening day, he looked at me and he was like, Hey, you should watch the Rangers every day. Like I watched the Astros and I was like, sure. Yeah. Like let's do it. And then from that point on, I become an everyday baseball rate watcher where if the Rangers are playing, I'm going to watch it before it would just be every now and then I'd turn on a Rangers game. But now I, I, I usually watch about every game to every other game and kind of, he started that love for, and it re- really reawakened my love for baseball. And it's what you really appreciate is the day in and day out grind of baseball. And it's, it's, it's America. It's America, baby. It's America. It's tough though being a Rangers fan, man. Cause like, I mean, they haven't done too bad. We so suck far. so but much, yeah, but we just... aren't as bad as I thought. We're three and three right now, which is crazy. I can't believe that we actually won the series against against Toronto because Toronto's a good team. Kevin Biggio, the third baseman, son of Craig Biggio. I think he's not a, I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer, borderline Hall of Famer, whatever. Baseball great. Um, that kid's a stud. Vlad Guerrero Jr. gets way too much of the hype on that team. Um, and, and we be, I can't believe that we won that series. So hopefully we come a sneaky a sneaky playoff team. This is just the fan in me saying this. We're not going yeah. to. Um, you never know. I mean. But I think what's going on is that we find out what our real foundation is on this team. And next year we spend a lot of money in the free agent market. And uh, and turn this team into a contender again. Yeah, that, that's going to take a lot of work. And we get our right fielder to catch a goddamn ball when there's one out left to win the World Series. 
Dude, I was at the World Series game when I was like 12 and we blew it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, and saw I'll never, David. Yeah, I'll never forget watching game six of that 2000 level World Series. It's still, it, that's probably my biggest sports car, sports scar I will, I have and probably will ever have. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely up there. If I had, if I had to say right now, just off the top of my head, it, that's one of them. Yeah. It still brings pain to this day. Like, well, it's still just go. It'd be different too if the Rangers had like at least had a World Series in franchise history, but that was we don't. the best team, best team we've ever had. Like a three run, three chances. Like I, I don't, yeah, it just didn't happen. So what makes it worse too is that that was the first year that Beltre w- was with us, and he stuck with us for another about nine years after that, and became a franchise icon. So the fact that we couldn't get that guy a ring really sucks. Yeah, yeah, Beltre, the Rangers legend for sure. Yeah, have you made any bets so far on, on baseball? I'm still retired right now. Um, <laughs> I am still retired. I've yet to text our bookie. Um, I was thinking about texting for some Masters bets, but I might just be, I might tell you to be like, hey, put $30 on Spieth top 10 for me. I haven't committed yet. I don't know. Um, if you have the, if you have the, if I have the credit, shit. if you have the credit for it. Um, I don't know. I probably will because when I after this semester ends, I take a couple summer classes, so I'll just be home. And if I'm home alone and bored, I might just text the boogie, be like, "Hey, I got to throw down some baseball bets, dude." So, dude, they're fun, man. They they are fun, but baseball is probably the hardest sport to bet on because there's 162 games, and any night of the week, uh, like for example, the Yankees and the Orioles are in the same division. Of course, the Yankees are a better team than the Orioles, but who knows? You might have picked the night where Yankees are minus 200 and you pick them to beat the Orioles. And that's just when the Orioles have their day because it's a 162 game season. So, Literally, actually, right now, um, the game is in the bottom of the 11th and the Orioles are winning four to three. So right now, the against Orioles the Yanks. Might, against the Yanks. Yep. There you Literally go. Literally, your example right there. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and who wants to make that bet to be like, well, this is the night that the Orioles get it done. I mean, if you, I don't know. I mean, it's shit. Like, I, I actually, very, I did. It's a very hard sport to bet, but it's also really fun because watching baseball is something people should do more. It really is. I actually, I had I, Orioles plus one and a half tonight, so I'm pretty awesome. happy on that. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm getting more into it this year. My, it's mostly too because if you bet on it, you have more of a reason to watch it too. Sure. But I've I've been trying to find like uh, good pitching matchups and stuff. Like I want to watch the best pitchers. Like anytime there's Absolutely. an ace on the mound, like I kind of want to watch that game. Uh, but yeah, my bets so far this season have been decent. I'm seven and twelve, so not great, not bad. Uh, could be worse. Could be worse. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like I said, it's just it's just such a hard sport to bet. But I just hope that baseball becomes relevant again because it's kind of taking a back seat it's it definitely has, yeah. third it, it's taking a back seat to basketball very very hard and very fast in the past 20 years i'd say and yeah. um i think that it should be appreciated more because it is a very tough sport you know but i'm on my kinda, way man to baseball kinda, fandom Kind of the same thing with golf is that baseball and golf are having the same problem they're having this identity crisis of how do we appeal ourselves to the next generation and both 
both sports really haven't found a way to do it, but I hope they do because they deserve to live on because they're fucking great sports. Yeah, they need. To, I think they need to take notes because uh, the NBA is definitely doing the best of, of like grabbing the newer generation as an audience. They've, like they've killed it. Yeah, it's crazy. Like every every little kid, it seems like follows the NBA now, which is weird because it used to just be straight football. But I don't know. Well, I think a part of the reason too is because, um, and this is going to sound stupid, but I think it's I think it's legit is because uh, the NBA basketball has the best platform to be a video game 2k think about it i don't it. know that's debatable though i don't know well think about it 2k is i mean fifa is the probably the best sports game i'll just go ahead and say it's it. most worldwide but, yeah the most worldwide but also too is that soccer in america still hasn't come around yet but 2k is definitely the best american sport to play in a video game madden is trash the emo yeah. you know golf games are one in a million uh pga 2k 21 that just came out is super awesome if you don't have it you should probably buy it I'm it'll make you really that it looks fun it's, it's pretty fun it's, it's super hard though um and then i guess you have uh what's those madden 2k and the show is only on ps4 nhl's fun but like again america hockey but uh it, again going back to like 2k is almost like a cultural thing now where it's it's like it's definitely undoubtedly the biggest the biggest sports game in America and I think that I think that's somewhat linked to the the growing rise of basketball and how they made it but yeah uh, cuz like there's even like streamers and stuff that just do 2K like flight you know oh yeah it's just 2K yeah there has definitely been a culture built around it so it would it would be nice to see that come back to some other sports like baseball because I know like ticket sales and everything like that have been declining even before covid hit so all right, and we got a comment. It said, what do you think about the runner on second base rule for in extra innings? Um, me personally, I hate it because I'm a I'm a I'm a baseball purist at heart. You know, I still think that there shouldn't be a universal DH. So that's that's where I'm at. Um, uh, and I think really? I think it's dumb. Yeah, uh, this isn't little league. Okay, this the. The second base rule, if you start a runner on second base to start extra innings, that's what I did in coach pitch. That's not what the pro should do. That's a, it's, it's, uh, it's I a agree dumb with rule. that. Yeah. But I meant the designated hitter comment. Oh, the, I just find well, that interesting. I think it should stay. AL has a designated hitter and the NL doesn't have that designated hitter. I don't yeah, think. I mean, oh, that's, that's, should. Yeah. But that's just the purest in me. Some people say like, oh, pitchers shouldn't bat, which. They kind of have a point because they can't, and they only focus on pitching. Um, but I think it adds. I, I think it adds an element to the game that is fun to watch, and it also adds for um, more creative manage manager decisions that don't get involved with the AL when you have the DH. Yeah, I yeah, but that the runner on second base rule is really stupid. That I'm surprised that that's actually a thing in the MLB. Well, back to again, it's Rob Manfred. He doesn't understand the own sport that he's a commissioner over. Um, Worst commissioner in sports. I mean, him and Goodell are in a tight race. They're yeah, lucky Goodell, that Goodell gives him a run for his money. Goodell hasn't been bad the last five, the last couple of years though. He's he's kept a clean nose, really. Yeah, but, he hasn't uh, any major major like wrongdoings. But but Manfred just seriously doesn't understand the sport of baseball and he's got to be fired he's got to go 
Yeah. Well, who uh, fires him? Like, who would be in charge of firing the commissioner? You know, the owners. Oh, okay. Like the like the yeah, owners vote. Yeah. Okay. The, well, that just may, the, yeah, the, the collective ownership has to get together and have a vote to fire him. I think. Well, um, I shouldn't get on that shit. Well, usually, in all of this, true for all American sports, it's usually when the guy retires when the next guy comes along. Guys in that job typically don't get fired. That's true. Yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of like professor with tenure. Like once you got the job, you got the job. Yeah, that is. I mean, because there's only what four or five of them in the world, like professional sports league commissioners. So yeah, it is tough to come in, tough to get out. But yeah, this has been a bit of a long episode for us, but we hope you guys enjoyed it. We are very excited for Masters to get started this weekend. We will hopefully maybe have some TikTok posts on Masters. Uh, we actually recently had some success on TikTok. We had a video get over 20,000 views. So that was a big, big start for us, you know, trying to get some followers on there. But yeah, Masters is coming up this weekend. That's really the only thing you need to know about sports because that's the only thing you should be watching for the next four days. But other than that, yeah, absolutely, it's it's been a fun episode good to have a couple guests on here i think we've kind of got the guest format down of had like getting them on and whatnot but yeah any final comments elijah um you thought that we wouldn't even get to an hour and we went to 90 minutes again so I yeah told you. honestly at the beginning at the beginning of this episode i was like shit i hope we have enough for an hour and then here we are like at an hour and 20 minutes and we hadn't even talked about baseball yet so Sheesh. Yeah, I think you really you really underestimated how much we both like to hear ourselves talk. So, yeah, well, I mean, last episode yeah. too, kind of just we were just going. I mean, when the conversation we flows, going. the conversation flows. Yeah, the conversation goes. We don't want to stop. We don't want to interrupt something that keeps going, especially when we have yeah. more things to talk about. I mean, look at me right now. I'm not shut. Not shutting up. So, all right. Yeah. Thanks all for right, listening. Anyway. And we will be back here same time, same place next week live on Twitch at 8 p.m. Central. And you can catch us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts other than that. So thank you guys for listening and we'll see you all next week. Peace.